Bible and turn me to the book of Job chapter 23. The book of Job chapter 23 and just hold your Bible there because I want to say several things from this passage of scripture. Now, I want to center it around a thought the Lord dealt with me about this morning and I let brother Steve and Danny out of the car. The Lord just kind of spoke to me and, and I like for him to speak to me about anything except my faults and my failures. I don't particularly care for that. Because, but you can't hide anything from me anyway. But, boy, it came just as clear and it just ran all over me. Title of a sermon that I had preached, and I'm not going to just preach that, but I am going to center on it because that's what he wants me to do. When he asked me a question, he said, what would it take to stop you from serving God? Now, That's a good question to ask you this morning. See, since he got me into it, now I won't get you into it. What's it going to take to stop you from serving God? You know, when you first get saved, your attitude is, nothing can stop me. Everything's good. Everything's going to be glorious and everything's just going to be marvelous. It's like I was teaching our Sunday school class today. You know, when you live right, you're going to suffer persecution. When you live wrong, you're going to suffer consequences. So no matter which way you go, you're going to have some trouble. And you'd rather have the trouble with persecution than you had consequences. Because you see, if you do right and suffer persecution, at least you're right with God. Other people may be wrong towards you, but you're right with God. If I sin, I suffer consequences. I'm not only wrong with myself, I'm wrong with God. So I'd lot rather do right and suffer persecution than have to do wrong and suffer consequences. But the devil is out to stop every child of God and especially preachers and local churches. See, the devil would like to stop his church from serving God this morning if he can. And I want to ask you as an individual member of this church, what would it take to stop you from serving God? Well, nobody went through what Job went through the way he went through it. Nobody went through what Paul went through the way he went through it. Every individual goes through whatever he is put through for the glory of God. Or the devil puts some individuals through certain things and other individuals through others. But one thing for sure, the devil knows how to get to you and me. And he is out to stop us. We saw also in the Sunday school lesson this morning that when Gamaliel told them that this work, if it be of God, you couldn't stop it, lest peradventure you be fighting against God. We saw how that they threatened them and beat them and let them go. Why did they threaten them? Why did they beat them? For one reason, they wanted to stop them from serving God. See, the devil is never contented until you cease serving the Lord. You say, well, how, did, how can he stop me? By getting you to serve yourself, number one. Because if you serve yourself and you're not serving God, then you're not serving God brings consequences on you. But I'm not trying to put us down this morning. I want to find out myself what he was saying to me when he said, what would it take to stop you from serving God? So I got to thinking this morning. I got to thinking back about some people in the scriptures and what it took to stop them from serving God. One of those I thought about was Achan. I thought, you know, all it took for Achan was a Babylonian garment, a wedge of gold, and shekels of silver. He was serving God, doing business for God. And you know what happened? 
He got hung up on money. And money cost him his service for God. God had told him to leave the money alone, the wedge of gold, the shekels of silver, and the Babylonian garment, to leave it alone, put it in the treasure house of the Lord. But instead, he took what belonged to God, the money that belonged to God, and used it for himself. Ended up being stoned to death. All it took to stop him in the campaign that he was in, in the army that he was in, under Joshua, was his lust for money. And I want to tell you, he's not the only child of God that's stopped serving God over money. You better watch the devil, because if he can't take it away from you, he's going to give it to you. And he can promise you more money, and you'll get out of the will of God, thinking the more money is the will of God, rather than the less. Hey, it's not a matter of money that you're serving God anyway. What difference does it make as long as you have enough to pay your bills and you've got enough to live? If you're in the will of God, that's what's important, isn't it? Amen. Amen. As long as you keep on serving God. But some people, they quit serving God. They get a bigger job, bigger place, a better place. And they think, well, I'll have it better here. But the question is, do you have it better with God or do you have it better with the world? Hey, folks, I'm not trying to tell you that poverty is spirituality. Amen? I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is the devil likes to give you things to get you out of the will of God and get you to quit serving God. And he's going to do it if he can. And some people, they, they don't stop with money. Money doesn't bother them. But, hey, he's got something else he can use. How did Ananias and Sapphira, what stopped them from serving God? Love of money. Well, here we come again. Love of money. But wait a minute now. When you see Ananias and Sapphira, what was their problem on the inside? They lusted after position and prestige. They wanted honor that others were receiving. And so Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead and ended up their service for God if they were saved. And of course, I know they were saved. And if they, that's what you call the sin unto death. And God zapped them out of there. I told my Sunday school class, you know, wouldn't it be something if everybody in the congregation dropped dead who stole from God, the rest of us would be afraid to. <laughs> Boy, what a New Testament church they had. But all it took. To stop him from serving God was the love of money. But what about Demas? Demas, it said, have forsaken me, Paul said, having loved this present world. In other words, the world system. Do you know sometimes the pleasures of this world stop some people from serving God? But my, I guess the person that, that is the most amazing character out of all that I mentioned is Job. I want you to take this with me for a few minutes here. And I want you to think about this. As though you're looking and say, Job, what would it take to stop you from serving God? Job, what will it take? Now here's the conflict between God and Satan. This story begins in heaven. And in heaven, Satan and God are having a conversation. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him in all the earth. Now remember this. 
This is not coming on Job because he's doing something wrong. This is coming on Job because he's doing something right. And the devil said, Does Job fear God for naught? You've built a hedge around him. And said, you hold in all of his possessions and all of his family. But if you'll take away the hedge, he'll curse you to your face. In other words, he'll stop serving you. The only reason Satan said he's serving you is for what he gets out of it. And you are giving to him all the time, God. And if you stop giving to him, he'd stop you. Or he'd stop serving God. So God tells the devil, all right. All right, Satan, you got him, but you can only go so far. But you can't touch him. So you know what the story is. The enemies of God and the enemies of Job fell on Job's possessions, took all seven sons in one day. That would be quite a loss, wouldn't it? It would have been a good time for Job to have said, Well, is this the thanks I get out of serving God? The Bible said he sinned not to charge God foolishly. That would have been a good time for him to say, well, I just wiped my hands of this. Well, I'm just going to quit serving God because God didn't do for my kids what I wanted. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to have to serve God no matter whether your kids serve God or not. All it's going to take for some people to stop serving God is for their kids to go bad. Hmm? Boy, have I learned some lessons about this business. You don't never know how your kids are going to turn out. But by God's grace, whether mine ever turn out right or wrong, I, by His grace, I said, I will not stop serving God if none of them are saved. If all of them go to hell, I stick with God. That's a bold thing to say. That's exactly right. I love my kids, but if they don't get saved and they turn out as mean as the devil, by God's grace, I'm going to continue preaching the Word of God until there's not any breath left in this body and the devil says, why don't you quit serving God? Your kids may not be what they're supposed to be, but I don't know whether they will be or they're not, but I will not judge my service according to what my kids do, good or bad. But that's all it takes for some people. If their son or their daughter doesn't serve God, they just say, well, I've wrapped my heart up in them and they're not turning out the way that I thought they should. They're not doing what I want them to do. Well, is that all it's going to do? If that's the case, the devil's going to tear your kids up to keep you from serving God. Don't you know he'll use them against you? How y'all doing this morning? You say, well, now I'll serve God as long as they turn out good. Well, big deal. 
you just like the devil thought. Uh huh. Take away the good for why they're doing it, and they'll curse you to your face. Just hit his kids, and you got him. Well, I won't tell you one of the problems among parents is that when their kids are this tall, they don't believe they'll ever turn out bad. And young preachers, big mouths. <laughs> big mouths, Brother Danny. All us young preachers think my kids will never turn out bad. I got news for you. Your kid's still your kid if you're 50 and he's 35. 30, whatever it is, you still see him as your kid. But I want to tell you something. Is that all it's going to take to stop you from serving God? Well, I prayed and God didn't answer my prayer. I trusted God and they didn't turn out. I brought them to church and I set them on the pews. And they sat there all the time. Well, I want to say hallelujah for those who turn out good. But for those who turn out bad, should not stop those parents who are serving God from serving the Lord no matter how their children turn out. Mm. He lost all seven boys. Three girls as far as we know. It doesn't say about those girls. It just says all seven boys. And one time. But that one no. Hey, that one no. That one no. That woman back up there. God said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, I have. But said, skin for skin. said, if you let me get to him now, he'll stop you. He'll stop serving you. See, it was his family first. But now since he came, he's not going to stop serving God for what happens in the family. The devil's going to try to stop him. What happens to him? So the devil goes and he smites him with balls from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet to the tip ends of his fingers. And he takes an old potsherd and he goes out on an ash heap and he starts scraping himself. I mean, all that pus and corruption coming out of there. Isn't that, oh boy, that's terrible sounding, isn't it? Ew, yeah. But the sight would have been much worse just scraping himself. Now remember, he didn't know what went on in heaven. He doesn't know why he's going through what he is. He's just sitting out there scraping himself. Then comes his three friends. Oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> he done lost those three boys. Now here comes your friends. And I want to tell you something. When you got friends like that, you don't need any enemies. Mm-hmm. Here comes the friends. They come and they sit with him in silence for seven days until Job opens his mouth and curses his day. That doesn't mean he cursed, but he said, oh, let the day be wiped off the calendar. Let it be put off the calendar in which I was born. Oh, when he did that, those three friends cut into him and turned against him. All it takes to stop some people from serving God is for some of their friends to stop serving God. I want to tell you something, folks. If the devil can't use the money in the family situation, he'll use the friends. And young people, young people especially with their peer pressure, 
They will serve God if others are serving, but they're going to be like the crowd and run with the crowd. It takes a young man with some intestinal fortitude or a young... But when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That's the way I want to live. And he's reminded me again this morning. But in a new and living way, it's like a, a course that you're in in which God says, Son, What would it take to stop you from serving me? And I'd bring that over to you this morning. What would it take to stop you from serving God? Can anybody stop you? Can anything stop you? Can any circumstance stop you? Is there a preacher? I don't know what it takes. I don't either. But I know one thing. I don't want anybody or anything to be able to stop me from serving God. But I want to promise you one thing. If you do serve God, every once in a while the devil's going to whisper in your spiritual ear and tell you you need to quit. Nobody loves you. Nobody appreciates you. Why don't you just get out of here? Why, why don't you just stay home from church? They, they don't want you up there. Whew. Something I found out about churches. You better watch it. Let some church members stop you from serving God. Sometimes your friends may be those right around you. Maybe those who are hindering you the most. But I ask you a question. What would it take? What would it take today to just cause you to back off? Dry up like dead on the inside and just stop. You know, if there's anything that could, do you know what you're going to do? That's the one thing you're going to talk about. That's the one thing you're going to criticize and say, Preacher, you just don't know what I have to go through. You just don't know what I've been through. You just don't know what they've done to me. That's right, I don't. But I want to ask you a question. Will that stop you from serving him? Will that cause you to back off? If you're honest with me today, Somewhere along this way, you've had a battle just to keep on keeping on for God. But you know what that's about? I don't magnify people. I want to magnify the Lord. But we got a camp meeting coming up tomorrow night. That is a day that I've looked for for years. And I'm amazed. <coughs> at what God's done in building that building out there and set up this camp meeting. We've had a lot of camp meetings since 1983, but we never had one like this one coming up. You say, well, what's going to go on? I have no early idea, so don't mark it down and say, hey, Brother Charles has told us something great is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. If one person gets saved, that'll be great. I'll settle for that. But I'll settle for whatever God has. But I believe this in my heart. The devil's 
had an all-out assault in all of these areas that I'm talking about here trying to stop us from serving God. I really believe that. I believe it has been a war, spiritual war now, not physical, but a spiritual war. I believe there's been a spiritual warfare in our spirits trying to get us to just back off and not be what we're supposed to be spiritually. I believe that. But you know why? Because the devil doesn't know what's going to happen this week, but he knows God's up to something. And when God's up to something, he's going to try to stop it. So you know what we ought to do? We'll do just like I said, well, by the grace of God, I'll not stop no matter what. He said, preach, that's a declaration. You got that right. That's a declaration. But let's look around and see the attempts that have been made to stop you from serving God. And I hadn't even thought about that till this morning. And the Lord asked me that question. So this sermon today I hope is for you. But if it's not, I know it was for me. Because he's asked me, what would it take? As though he said, Charles, what would it take to stop you from serving God? Let's stand for our prayer. Heavenly Father, we come as a church this morning to stand at the very threshold of opportunity. Oh, as Paul said, it's an open door, but there are many adversaries here today. I ask you to help us. Help us to make a decision by the grace of God that we're going to serve God no matter what. Lord, that's not a boastful statement. That's very carefully thought about. It's not asking you for another trial or another consequence. It's not asking you for another circumstance. It's just asking you to manifest yourself to us. We need God. We need the Holy Ghost on these grounds. And Lord, there's a stillness here today like a quiet before the storm. But it's not a bad storm. It's a good storm. Oh, it's a storm that brings the consciousness of Jesus. And I'm expecting the wind to blow in this place like through the mulberry trees of the Scriptures. But Lord, decisions need to be made here today. Real, life-changing decisions. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and she's going to play at this instrument, I want to ask you, do you need today to get here at this altar and just say to God afresh and anew, Lord, I'm not going to let anything stop me from serving you. Lord, there have been things I don't understand and things I've been going through and I don't know what to do with them, but today I want you to know, Lord, that I'm going to serve you. That I'm going to serve you. Do you need to just come and just get around here for a few minutes and let God speak to you and you speak to God and just tell Him, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to serve you. Come on, while these come, there's some others of you that need to come and just get here to this altar today. And God may lay on your heart to go to somebody today. And just thank them for helping you serve God. Hey folks, there may be somebody here today that's been such a blessing to you that you might have stopped serving God if they hadn't prayed for you and helped you. Won't you go over and thank them? Come on, while they're still coming to the altar, then won't you just get around the altar of God here today? Or go over there to that person and say, listen, I want to thank you 
I want to thank you. You helped me. You helped me stay in the battle. You helped me serve God. You helped me to stay with it. 